we must give the horse a shape. If you love your horse, please put it on the bit. <laughs> because in order for the horse to carry the rider in a way that does not cause pain to them, it has to be up in the back, which means the neck needs to be round and the hind legs need to be coming under so that the rider is sitting at the highest point. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn the secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. Today's episode was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. You'll find the date for the original recording in the show notes. And now, here's JJ. Hey guys! So quick update on there has been oh, life kind of finally feels a little bit back to normal. Thank you, Jesus, because it has been a weird summer consumed with cancer. <laughs> That's just like great to be moving on. Um, I feel great. I am actually exactly five weeks out from my mastectomy. Went direct to implants. The new girls are looking good and behaving well. So, so far, so good. I even got rock star status from my surgeon yesterday when he's like, I mean, they just, they look great. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I feel kind of like they're better than the first pair. <laughs> and these ones won't kill me. And I have a t-shirt to prove that. Um, so yeah, everything is going good here. I just want to say a quick tiny thing, and I'm sure I will go more into this at another time. But we, you know, um, we've been waiting for the pathology on my tumor for like ever. It felt like forever. And I've been meditating on it, right? So this whole time I was like, my like any spare moment I had before bed, in the shower, walking a horse around, some are beautiful. I was always like, my oncotype is low and it's so great. And it's seven, 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 seven. And then I thought, I don't want to get the universe like messed up in case it accidentally hears 77 because then that would be bad. So I'm like, okay, I will give it a range. I will make this like, you know, adjustment and I'll say, okay, how about between seven and 17? seven and 17. So like for the last, like, since I learned what the word oncotype even means, I have been repeating to myself, I have a low grade oncotype and it is between seven and 17, seven, 17. Guess what it was. Guess what it was. Freaking 12. It was 12. Exactly in the middle. Exactly. In the middle. <sighs> Crazy. So if none of y'all think that positive thinking, meditation, concentration 
If you do not think that that works, I am here to tell you with my number 12 that that is crazy and is low. So, yay. Um, We're going through all kinds of different conversations about radiation, chemotherapy, um, hormone therapy. So there's all kinds of wonderful help that I will be able to get. And, you know, just this tiny more thing about breast cancer, because it is amazing that like one out of eight women will get breast cancer. So look around, look at a couple of your friends. Uh, One of you is going to get this. And I thought, God, we should be like farther ahead than that. And less people should be getting breast cancer. But then like now hearing all about the way they treat it and you live on from it and you just go on with it and you can organize your special recipe for kicking its ass. Um, that's where, that's where all like the research, like all the money is like gone for the research that it is not this, I mean, it is horrible and it's terrible and all cancer really sucks. And I don't wish it on anybody because it's scary and terrible and all these things, but you can get through it. And all this money that they raise through breast cancer, it is incredible the amount of information they have and what they can do through medication and understanding your cancer specifically. So anyway, really grateful and thankful for that. I am truly overwhelmed by everyone's positivity and gifts and love and texts and to just be like picked up and held up with from all of you has been super inspiring and just I really feel loved and I just want to thank you so much for that. Um, there's been so many wonderful stories people have shared with me through face, uh, Facebook Messenger and it's just really inspiring things because you go, you know, do not, I just wrote something on one of these breast cancer pages of like, don't trust Dr. Google. It's really depressing and it's really scary and it doesn't need to be like that, you know? So I told her, I told her my story. I sent her a picture of me riding Norma in beautiful sunshine. And I'm like, dude, I was back on a horse. I mean, sort of within two weeks, but that was maybe a little too early. Um, I didn't do anything wrong. Like I'm fine, but you know, it, it, I I just couldn't get back. I couldn't wait to get back. I just need to walk around on the horses. Um, but like riding, you know, kind of cantering around at like week three. And now I did trot yesterday, which is exciting. (laughs) I'm like, I trotted and they didn't bounce and I feel good. (laughs) So progress. Um, but it's really easy to get scared and overwhelmed and, then you hear about like, I can't remember exactly who I'm going to find out because I'm probably going to get her on here. She's like, I had a double mastectomy on October 27th and I still took my children trick or treating. And I was like, whoa. And if she could do that, I can certainly walk up to my stable and help Jess with Duke before Chicago. Because, I mean, they didn't do anything to my legs. (laughs) Inside joke. I'll tell more about that another time. Um, But yeah, just I just want to thank everybody so much. So that's enough cancer talk because we don't want to give it too much energy because it's a small, tiny, tiny, tiny little C in my life. And we will be moving on and carrying on. I'm going to talk about horses today, actually. So that's great. I'm going to actually tackle a tiny bit. Just, you know, things I 
constantly am talking about in lessons. It's good for everyone to hear things about the horse's natural crookedness and the three phases of training, just because I thought that would be like a fun topic. Um, And I'm a broken record about all these things. So I thought, why not repeat it here? But um, it was so fun to have a great show last weekend. Uh, Jess and Ashley did a great job. And then it was really fun to help my Team Tate trainers, my Team Tate Academy trainers. So I helped Team Tate trainers, which is Ashley and Jess. And then Team Tate Academy trainers, um, Allison Thompson and Natalie, my neighbor. Um, that, that was so much fun. Huge progress over the weekend. And I probably should have like videotaped a lot more. Um, I did share one little video with Natalie, who's got this really feisty little thoroughbred, kind of a little red rocket. And he was so good. Um, Helen also did a super job. That was so fun to help her. So it was a great weekend. And everybody did a great job and lots of success. And, you know, it was great. Um, But tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's very close to my heart because... I train a lot of different kinds of courses, different levels, different price tags, different sizes, all all the horses. (laughs) And I love it. Um, I really find so much fun in just understanding the horse as a species and wondering how I can do it better, how I can teach the horse better, how I can teach the rider better. And I think you know, some of these things we need to understand are really um, been a long time sort of instilled in me from Gail and Charles, and it's just kind of built from there. Um, So the two real main topics I want to talk about and just share my thoughts on it. Um, Of course, it all stemmed from Charles coming into my life. 32 years ago, so a long time. And how the horse is born naturally crooked. And that so many things come up with the horse because of this. And it's really important to go to the basis of the issue and not just be busy dealing with the symptoms. And um, sometimes that's not always so clear. Um, like breaking it down and like, what is it exactly? Um, and so I always love to really remind myself about horses' natural crookedness and how they kind of bring that to fruition through their haunches in, their shoulder out, stiff on one rein, whatever. And that there's really like a couple things we always have to concentrate on when we control, when we get on and we want to like control them. Um, and I talked a little bit earlier in a lesson today about imagining um, like the horse, like the horse has like this like kind of the size of a basketball and it's like a, it's like a circle of energy. Right. And I want you guys to think about when you drive the horse from your leg, where does that ball of energy want to go, right? Like some horses, we have one horse that I was teaching a lesson on today, and he just wants that like ball of energy to just be like, like right down in the bottom of his chest, like a bowling ball, just like, just he, and so you've got to like, remind him to like, pick this ball of energy up. 
And it's like, it's got to like levitate, you know, you got to like increase your core and make sure he's not running so that he doesn't just land really flat footed and like into the contact and like down into the base of his neck. So that horse really needs the rider to really present their seat and um, create this tone so that the rider can remind the horse like, oh, 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 like pick this up, this ball of energy. Some horses, like I'm sure some of you know Norma from the academy, Norma's ball of energy is like, you know, it is like really quick, right? And it just wants to go like, like either straight into the reins, you know, or out, like maybe just out of her body, right? She just is like, because she's always in a hurry. She's always late for something. She's got to get to the store before it closes, you know? So she's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so that little ball of energy, you want to gently also have the idea that you bring that energy like back to you. And that's a little bit what I talk about of like making the horse wait for you. You know, some horses take the ball of energy and it's like, you know, um, Louise is here and her horse tends to get a little bit like balled up and kind of shy. And he doesn't want to like go into the contact. Fiji was like that, right? All of a sudden it was like, He's like over the bit and over his front legs and kind of round in the neck and then like not going forward. But you feel like you're on like this little round thing. Yet he's not, he's not going. So that horse's ball of energy is like stuck under the saddle and it won't, it won't push forward. Um, So I love that idea of being like, where, where is this ball of energy? Some horses are like so quiet and calm. You got to like, conjure up a ball of energy inside them because they've got just like slow moving molecules and they're just like slow twitch muscles we taught that horse today too (laughs) um actually rode him a little bit um because he's just like uh what energy you know and so they're all different but I like this it makes me like not get annoyed or like really judgy with the horse when I'm like it's not you being like this. It's your ball of energy is just like, well, you know, it's not doing what I wanted to do. So I need to like either push it in front of my legs. I even need to bring it back to my seat. I need to get it like lift off, lifted off your chest. I need to get it out of your mouth and back into your hind legs. You know, it's this fun way of thinking about like, um, we had one horse today too, that his was just kind of like, uh, his was kind of like vibrating. <laughs> so that horse, and he's like chomping on the bed and he's like, eh. you know, and you're like, okay, that needs some calm, steady connection of like, ca- like calm yourself and connect to me. Um, cause his was kind of just like levitating around and he's not going to like misbehave or like do anything crazy. He's just like in his body, like not settled. He's not settled on the bit. He's not open in the back. He's not, you know, um, steady in his rhythm, you know, so that it's always kind of fun to like ask yourself, where is my horse's ball of energy? So that was just kind of a tangent that I went on (laughs) talking about the horse's natural crookedness. Um, But I also wanted to talk about like the three phases of development 
that happens not only over the horse's whole period of its life, like through whatever, the 20 years that you ride it, but also in little mini microchasms of every 45 minutes that you ride the horse, right? Or every session you have is like a little miniature um, scale of what the horse goes through through their whole life. And so when we talk about like the first one, it's called the restorative phase. And this I've all learned from Charles and it's in his book, Dressage Principles Illuminated. I think I probably have it here somewhere. We're really excited because there's a couple of pictures of some of my horses in there, which is really fun. I'm taken by Richard, of course. Um, and Richard Williams did a beautiful job. Xenophone Press, get your book. It is my Bible. It is like, it's, it's amazing. Dressage Principles Illuminated. Charles de Comte. It's amazing. And, you know, he talks about all these things in there. So um, this could just be a little tutorial to when you get the book. <laughs> so that first phase is the restorative phase. And what are we restoring? You know, I want you to think about, I restore the horse's rhythm and the purity of the gait, which kind of goes together, right? Like, Purity of the gate is so important because there's like so many weird things going on out there. There's like weird rhythms in the walk. There's like non-two-beated trots actually, right? Like if you catch some horses in a picture, like only one toe of the front foot is in the sand and the two hind legs are like, you know, they're, they're like up in the air and the one front leg is forward and then like the one toe uh, of the horses on the ground. Like that's not a two beat trot. And that is like a mega, mega issue, right? So we want to make sure it's like a two beat trot. We also want to make sure that the parallelograms are matching so that the cannon bone and the, the two cannon bones match and then the two cannon bones match. And it's not like this big, like, you know, it's not like a banana back or a hammock where the horse like his back, like, sag down and the hind legs go out and the front legs go forward. And that's on my mind because I just looked at my videos of, I did a little video for the Academy of like what's on the bit and what's not on the bit and how you can see the difference of what that looks like. Absolute elevation um, versus like correctly being on the bit. And so that part of that purity of the gate, ah, we see, um, like four beaded canters, but it's it's not even four beaded, is that it's the second beat of the canter that gets too slow. So instead of the rhythm being like ba ba bum ba ba bum ba ba bum ta 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 it goes bum 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 ta 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 right so there's like this like it's not like ba ba bum ba ba bum ba ba bum it's like bum 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 it's like becomes like a cog wheel or like a square wheel. But there's something like ugh, the horse isn't quite using the ground like a trampoline, right? So the joints are not um, like bending and being uh, coiling when they impact the ground uh, so that they can stay in a little trampoline and like bounce off the ground in a positive way. That second beat gets a little bit long. And so we got to kind of like pep that canter up a little bit. 
Um, when we talk about four beat, a lot of times that's alignment. And I always want to think about aligning the outside shoulder and taking the horse's wither back in front of the inside stifle to line back up the outside front leg and the inside hind leg. Because that's like a lot of times the horse gets really jackknifed in the neck. And then the outside front leg comes down to the ground too soon before the inside hind leg. So then it goes like outside hind leg, outside front leg, inside hind leg, inside front leg. So then it's like a little like a weird like syncopation thing. So you always want to make sure when you first feel that like, ooh, ooh, what's going on? My my gate's not pure. Fix the gate. Oh my God, it's not pure. We got to purify it 100%. Got to freshen it up. But first I go for alignment because it doesn't matter if you add speed and the horse is still crooked. Now it's just going to be running faster and it's crooked. So we got to first like straighten it out, right? Like straighten your horse and ride it forward. So we got to be able to take that uh, wither and take the horse's shoulders up and over and place them back in front of the hind leg. Thinking about like inside stifle and wither alignment. And then you can add a little bit energy once the alignment is right. So I hope that's clear. Um, but that's that restorative. We also have to understand that we must restore the horse's balance. All right. So every horse loses their balance the minute we climb up there. Every young horse, you feel they're like, ooh, you know, I'm like a, it's like the little drunken sailor on the center line because they're like, ah, I have trouble balancing myself. And now you're up there. I have to balance us both, you know? And so that's why a good seat. I harp on that all the time, seat, 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 because the more you can sit in your own self-sitting and self-carriage, the easier you make it for the horse to carry you, which is very important. But it's also this balance of we must give the horse a shape. If you love your horse, please put it on the bit, <laughs> because in order for the horse to carry the rider in a way that does not cause pain to them. It has to be up in the back, which means the neck needs to be round and the hind legs need to be coming under so that the rider is sitting at the highest point. And that's the first way we give. Then we have to make sure we, we really ride the tempo in a balance that the horse can have enough, um, again, purity in the gait and enough energy, but that it's not being run past his balance. So that's the first step, right? And that's a lot what we re what we reproduce in our warm up, right? So if you guys are in the academy, which you should join because it's so much fun, um, and the videos are short, I promise. It's like so easy to just like click on one, listen to for twelve minutes, go work on something. But in the warm up and the proper warm up with Gideon, we talk about free forward flowing. That's what I want on a young horse. Of course, that ride on the young horse, like that's all we do is just get like free forward flowing on the baby horse. On Gideon, who's Grand Prix, it was like, that's in the first like five minutes, right? Free forward flowing. That's part of that uh, inside that ride for that day. We're, we're working on that restorative phase. Um, on a young horse, that kind of lasts for, you know, two years maybe. Um, and then eventually it just ends up, it's maybe the first five minutes of your warm up. Maybe it takes 15 minutes. Maybe you've got a diesel engine kind of horse that takes a little bit longer to get that revved up and going. 
And that's okay, right? Everyone's different. But I always want you to think about like that restorative thing. What am I restoring? I am restoring the balance and the purity and the rhythm of the gate. How? By making the horse go free, forward, and flowing. So when you get that, then you move on to the middle phase of training and development of the horse, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about all the time. It's like this gymnastic, slow, gradual buildup of the horse to become the best version of himself. And so that middle level, that middle phase is the therapeutic phase. This kind of like goes on forever. And it's kind of like doesn't not, it's not not in the beginning. Um, and you still work on it with your Grand Prix horse, but this is the real like meat and potatoes of the riding because this is really what creates a lot of soundness because this is the phase of amidexterity. We always talk about like the horse is naturally crooked. Okay. You know, he's naturally right-handed or left-handed, right? And so what does that look like for your horse? And this big phase is what we teach the horse to be able to equally load both hind legs, equally bend in both directions, equally connect to both reins, and be able to balance on all four corners of his body, right? Because by nature, most horses are shorter muscle left and bulgy and have a little bit of a right drift pushing into the right leg. And so Charles is is so cute because he's like, I'm a broken record. I'm like, I am too because you are. So I'm want to be just like you. <laughs> because I mean, he's so amazing. Anytime you can ever watch anything, he's just he's just a little marvelous treasure. But he's always like, most horses need more right leg, more right seat bone, more right rein, and less left rein. Why? Because by nature. The horse's right hind leg is a bit like stiffer and they don't really want to yield through the rib cage and bend to the right. Okay. So then why less left rein, right? Why less left rein? Because the left hind leg tends to be the shorter stepping, like smaller moving hind leg. And like, who's to say which one is the weaker one, right? Because one kind of takes a shorter step and one kind of takes a stiffer step. And so it's about really figuring out how that um, that energy of those hind legs or lack thereof, how does that translate going into the reins, right? So most horses tend to be a little bit like hanging on the left rein because there's a diagonal brace going on from the right hind leg who's up at the pool having an umbrella drink on vacation. And so the horse just like does this like um, diagonal tilt down, like a little teeter-totter, you know, this diagonal brace down. And if you feel that horse into your left rein, he is feeling also extra weight into the left front. So you must rebalance the horse and put him onto his right hind leg. So I talk about the four channels of throughness, which I think I just need to do a whole nother talk about what that means to me and how to connect that horse into the two hind legs into two reins, which can be right hind leg into the right rein, 
left hind leg into the left rein. And then when you have that, you can diagonalize them both and right hind leg to left rein, left hind leg to right rein. But I can go more into that on another time. Because this whole idea of equally loading both hind legs, we need to make sure not only are they both, both of those hind legs taking weight behind, we also have to make sure they're functioning the same. They can have the same length of stride, right? So the right hind leg tends to be like stiff, stiff, stiff. And the left hind leg is like, I'm just a little guy, you know? And so you've got to like create a longer range of motion for the left hind leg. And you've got to create a little bit more supple, um, like bendy and um, elastic joints on the right hind leg. And figure out like what does that horse's crookedness look like and how does that translate forward into my reins because we I'm not a crazy person about like outside rain you know because I really want them like nice and elastic and connected to both of my reins from both of the hind legs and that I have access and that channel of throughness is always available and again, most horses don't want to bend to the right. They like to have their head to the left and pushing out the right shoulder. Um, where they move their hind legs kind of, um, it's not always set in stone of like the right hind leg stepping to the right of the footprint or the little left hip swinging in. Um, but you want to just be aware of like, where do my, like analyze. How does he feel in both of my reins? What reaction do I feel to both of my legs one at a time, right? What seat bone and hip do I feel higher on? Which way does he turn easier? Which shoulder likes to pop out? Which hind leg likes to swing in? Which hind leg likes to swing out? What shoulder is he heavy on? Like it is your job to be your horse's personal trainer and like physical therapist. And so it's about analyzing strengths and weaknesses. And then you can, you know, I always say when we do exercises, it's important to like understand the exercise for what it's supposed to do. Then you need to understand how in relationship is that to your horse? And then how is that in relationship to me as a rider? Like I always have a tendency to lean forward. So when I'm working on this one thing, um, I need to I need to exaggerate it in my feel that I am really sitting farther back because I did hunter jumpers for 20 years and I'm always too close in my hip angle. So that's in relationship to you and your muscle memory. So you've got to adjust, you know, and then you got to also understand your horse's body. Like, who is he and where are his crookednesses and why? Why is that? And how can I fix that up? So that's the whole therapeutic time of the horse's life, which kind of never really ends because in the Grand Prix, you have the freaking canter zigzag, which is so hard. It's so hard. And so that is checking, you know, does your horse go to the left and to the right equally? You know, it's kind of fun to sit either at A or at C and watch uh, the center lines and be like, oh, I can see where that horse has a little harder time bending right, or he's a little slow off the right leg, or he's slow off the left leg. You know, it's just really fun to really 
analyze it and think about it as this ambidexterity, right? Like, could your horse write a letter to you with his right hand as well as he could with his left hand? I mean, could you do that? (laughs) Um, And start small, right? Like, brush your teeth with your left hand. That's the beginning of you also becoming ambidextrous, too, um, because that's important, too that we are also growing, right? Like really at the end of the day, like horses are here to grow us. We think we are training them, but they're actually here on this planet to develop our characters and our physical prowess, you know, Um, because they're just, they're amazing creatures. So the third and final phase of training is called the amplification of the gates, which means during your therapeutic time, You are doing all those exercises, right? Shoulder into the left to uh, improve the function of the left hock. You're doing um, half pass to the right, which is going to really supple the horse's hips and um, get to the low back, right? Haunches in is really good for the stifle. So if you have a horse that has a really weak left stifle, haunches into the right would be a great idea. Um, and it's your job as a, as a trainer, cause you're in the saddle. So that means you're the trainer. It's important to know these things. You can find it all out in my academy because <laughs> t- I talk about this all the time. Um, but like all the reason for those exercises is to make your horse stronger, right? Like to develop better function of his joints, better sitting, better range of motion. Transitions within the gate are to like change the horse's um, trajectory of his legs, right? And that is what all these exercises are for, is for that amplification of the gait. Like, does my horse move better because I'm in the saddle, right? Like, that is the goal, that he's both, both man and horse are more beautiful because they're together. Not one is terrific without the other, right? Like we want to transcend that into a new, beautiful communion of beauty that could not be realized without the other. Like that's what we're going for, right? And if you watch Jessica um, Berndel at the with Delara, Queen Delara, like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And that is not the first horse you'd be like, she's so beautiful. Like wow, look at her body and look at her movement. But both her and Jessica look so beautiful together that it's just breathtaking. It's just absolutely breathtaking. And so that amplification of the gait is where we where we check, you know, is the canter more big and beautiful and bounding and trampolining off the earth? Um, and is it more uphill and expressive? And when I go for extended canter, is it like, wow, you know, so big. And when I go to collection, like, does he really sit down and lift the forehand? You know, that's amplification of the gates created by the therapeutic phase, which was all your strength gaining exercises. But without balance and rhythm and purity of the gate, we always have to keep that in there too. So I think that's, you know, really my Moral of the story, what are you doing with your horse every day? You know, always thinking about 
the daily vocabulary. We always have to adjust three things. First thing, frame. Can I stretch them down? Can I bring them up? Second thing, stride length. Can I collect you? Can I send you forward? Then, of course, bending and straightness. Can I bend you? And then can I ride you straight on a diagonal or down the long side or on a center line? Those, that's the daily vocabulary that every day you want to grow that vocabulary, right? Like when we first get on a youngster, it's like kindergarten, right? It's like stop, go, turn, kind of. And then you slowly, 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 time after time after time, you cultivate that into an amazing Grand Prix horse that isn't now only between your legs and your hands. It's between your two seat bones and the drive of your back and the hold of your abs. And it basically becomes the horse is on your thought. And that's what is so beautiful about what we do. So I hope you guys found that fun to listen to, hopefully a little educational. And if you want to hear more about um, Charles's theories, um, you know, just tune in here, join our academy. We love talking horses all the time. And we're just so glad you keep joining us. And I hope you guys make it a great night. All right. Bye. Would you like to learn to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly live study groups called the Tackroom Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcast today to find links to join our monthly Zoom meetings, purchase mini courses and live stream replays, and of course, join the waitlist for the next open enrollment. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts, and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their rides too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcasts. Once there, take the next step towards joining JJ's new generation of classical riders by signing up for our mailing list, and we'll say thanks by sending you a special gift, your own copy of JJ's ebook, Riding Your Horse Sound, a comprehensive guide to developing a healthy and happy dressage partner. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.